May God's words be spoken. May God's words be heard. Amen. Do not be afraid. Did you notice that in the gospel? Jesus tells his disciples, get up and do not be afraid. Just those words should have been enough for them to know something transformational was or is or will happen. We hear it a lot in Advent, right? To Mary and to the shepherds and to Joseph. It was spoken to Abram, later called Abraham, to Moses and Hagar and so many more. And when folks in our Bible heard this, their lives were about to be changed in ways they could not even imagine. And so on this Transfiguration Sunday, the last in the season in which Christ is revealed to us, perhaps it isn't a surprise for us to hear it again. There's a whole lot going on in all that we hear today. Moses up on the mountain with God, Jesus the same and talking along, taking along some of his disciples, and everything changes for them and for us too. Encounters with God are like that. They change you. That is, if you're aware of God's presence in your midst. I think, I think that's why Jesus takes the, those three up the mountain. He wanted their full and undivided attention. Today, perhaps Jesus would take away our cell phones and drag us off to a secluded retreat. And that's exactly what we all need to do from time to time, including me. As you know, I was not here last week. I was away on retreat. I spent time at Our Lady of Gethsemane Abbey in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a monastery of the Order of the Cistercians of the Strict Observance, more commonly known as the Trappists. And unlike some monasteries and convents, this order maintains silence not only from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., the great silence, but at all times. It's one of the reasons I sought out this place for retreat. I needed time to really listen to God. The grounds of, at Gethsemane are beautiful and expansive. There are wooded trails and, and paths through valleys of farmland, and thankfully, too, it being winter, there were not too many people there. So on one day, as I walked down one of the wooded paths, I was completely alone. The silence of the abbey was carried along with me. And the only sounds I heard were my own footsteps, the distant abbey bells, and the life of the natural world. Along the way, there were statues of saints or of a nativity hidden amidst the woods that as I walked along. There was a lot to be heard, and I'm still processing it all. If there's another reason I chose to retreat at this particular place, it was the monastery of a monk named Thomas Merton, or Father Louis, as he was known by his brothers. Thomas Merton, who lived from 1915 to his strange death in 1968, is arguably the most influential American Roman Catholic author of the 20th century. His autobiography, The Seven Story Mountain, has sold over one million copies and has been translated into over 15 languages. He wrote over 60 other books and hundreds of poems and articles on topics ranging from monastic spirituality to civil rights 
nonviolence and the nuclear arms race. Thomas Merton was, like the Christ he followed, controversial. Because what he heard in his silence propelled him to speak on the sins of the world, advocating for peace, nonviolence, and social justice amidst the war in Vietnam and the civil rights movement. And that will not make some people, the ones who profit from these things, very happy. Yet this boisterous young man turned monk yearned most to listen to God. Just outside where we gathered for meals at the monastery, there was an old piece of paper tacked onto a bulletin board and had a quote by Merton that read, My life is a listening. His is speaking. My salvation is to hear and respond. For this, my life must be silent. Hence, my silence is my salvation. My life is a listening, God's is a speaking. Indeed. And instinctively, we all seem to know that we need to be still, to be open to God speaking to us, even if we're the kind of person that gets anxious even thinking about having to be still, quiet, and listening. Still, we may not have someone like Jesus to lead us up to a mountaintop. And perhaps stays at convents and monasteries are just not your thing. That's okay. The thing about listening is that it isn't done solely with our ears, but with the ear of our heart. And God has a way of speaking amidst the din of our world. We just need to pay attention. And one of the reasons we need to be listening in whatever way we're able, is that transfiguration moments are everywhere. All children of God shine with a divine spark, bright as the sun. We just don't always know it. And that brings me to a famous moment in Merton's life, so much so that there's a, an historical marker in downtown Louisville that commemorates it for all to see. It was March 18, 1958, and in Merton's own words, this is what happened. In Louisville, at the corner of 4th and Walnut, in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all those people, that they were mine and I theirs, that we could not be alien to one another, even though we are total strangers. It was like waking from a dream of separateness, of spurious self-isolation in the special world, the world of renunciation and supposed holiness, the sense of liberation from an illusory, illusory difference was such a relief and such a joy to me that I almost laughed out loud. I have the immense joy of being man, a member of a race in which God himself became incarnate as if the sorrows and stupidities of the human condition could overwhelm me. Now I realize what we all are. And if only everybody could realize this, but it cannot be explained. There's no way of telling people that they're all walking around shining like the sun. I went to that very spot which is now the corner of 4th and Muhammad Ali Boulevard in a very busy section of Louisville. 
And I stood watching people too. I thought about that revelation of Merton and how it seemed that he witnessed a transfiguration moment. All these people made in God's image and shining like the sun. We know it changed Merton. How would it change us? Because that truth hasn't changed. God's light is shining in us and all around us. Or as Merton once put it, we are living in a world that is absolutely transparent. And God is shining through it all the time. What those disciples saw on that mountain was God's light shining in Christ. What Merton saw on that street corner was that same light shining in all the children of God. These are transfiguration experiences, and Jesus was right to tell his disciples about these moments to get up and do not be afraid. Because as I noted earlier, when we know that when folks are in the Bible are told not to be afraid, something dramatic is likely going to change their life. But there's more to it than that. He tells them first to get up. Yet the translation really doesn't tell us how powerful that command was, because the words used here... In this moment, are the very same words in the resurrection account of the angels. It is really raised. Be raised. The transfiguration is a story about resurrection. But not only Jesus's. It's a, the resurrection story of the disciples, which in essence, if we think about it, is a baptism story. For we die and are given new life in Christ in our baptism. And that, my friends, is a call story. Our baptism is our transfiguration, is our calling. And so this gospel might rightly be called the transfiguration of Jesus, but it could also be titled the call story of the disciples, the transfiguration of Peter, James, and John. And the thing is, it's our transfiguration and call story too. Because God is calling us as clearly as Jesus did those three on the mountain to follow him, to go with God into the world, the world that God is transfiguring right this very moment. And given the way in which transfigurations change us in life-altering ways, is it any wonder Jesus told them, do not be afraid? Heck, maybe that's what we need to say at everyone's baptism. Or every time we come forward to receive Christ in the Eucharist, do not be afraid. Because our life as disciples is a transfiguration story, a resurrection story. Are we listening? Do we, do we see what is right before us and all around us? The manifestation of Jesus to those disciples wasn't left behind on that mountain. But it's happening here and now. And it's a call to all who follow him to rise up. Do not be afraid. Because an encounter with Christ is a transfiguring moment, a resurrection experience for us and for the church. It should break us open that our inner light, that divine spark of our creator in whose image we are made, would shine like the sun that all may see the light of God's love and grace. Because God is calling us clearly, as Jesus did those three in the mountains, to follow him, to go with God into the world. Being a follower of Jesus isn't a bask in the glow of communion with one another and with him in the Eucharist. It isn't to stay up on that mountain. It is to break forth like the dawn into the world that lay in darkness. 
That's what encounters with the light of God do. They transfigure us. And that means we recognize Christ's light shining before us. It means we recognize the divine spark in all people of every race, of every way of loving, gender, economic status, culture, every single human on this earth, no exceptions. It means the church is not some sort of exclusive social club where one comes to be seen, but a place where we are given the strength for the journey in which we choose to see the world differently and to share the light and love of Christ within us to all people. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a radical message of God's great love for all of creation. And the transfiguration story is the story of our call to rise up to not be afraid and to walk with Jesus into the world, to spread that love as he did to those others wouldn't see, to those others wouldn't hear. And yes, follow him even to the cross. This week on Ash Wednesday, we begin the season of Lent. Now it is we who are descending the mountaintop and heading towards Jerusalem with Jesus as we move through this next season of the church year. And if we really think about it, Lent is a season where we enter into an intentional time of listening, of retreat across all the church. We put away the familiar silver and gold. The music becomes more subdued. The tone of the service even more reflective. Perhaps each of you will use this season as a time of deep listening, a time to hear with your heart God speaking to you, a time to feel God's light shining within, a time to see that light shining in others. Because just as Peter, James, and John found, this was no time for them to stay up on that mountain, nor is it time for us to shelter here in our church. They discovered that there were people waiting to be healed at the bottom of that mountain, and we who follow Jesus today surely know that there is much to be healed in our world today waiting for us outside of these doors. All over this world, children are suffering from earthquakes, natural ones, and the catastrophic upheavals of our own making the earthquake of hate and violence, poverty, neglect, and oppression that systematically swallow up the children of God. And so we must be the transfigured ones, the resurrected ones. We must answer the call of Christ here and now. Rise up. Do not be afraid. For Christ is with you. God's light shines within you. Your revelation moment, your transfiguration experience is at hand. It may not be at a busy intersection or up on a mountaintop, but it will fill you with the immense joy of being human, a member of a race in which God chose to become incarnate. And nothing for you, for the church or for the world, will ever be the same again. Amen.